All right, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. Uh, how you been, buddy? It's been going good, dude. How about you? We've been uh, we've been on a little hiatus, but yeah, just, uh, you know, I, I know we beat you in in two K. My guys beat you, Fabrizio. <laughs> Listen so, to me. Um, yeah. I need a rematch on that because I was playing with some incompetence on my team and. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have that. Listen, you and me versus Nelson and Vin any day, okay? All right. Well, we have uh, we have live sports back, man, and it feels pretty good to, for the first time since early March, to have actual live sports to talk about going on. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of stuff, with, you know, potentially up in the air, but, yeah, I mean, basketball looks great. And, I mean, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but even seeing that is refreshing. And hockey started yesterday. I mean, it's great. I think just focusing on the NBA a little bit, like, I think it looks great. I mean, like, like considering what I, I thought, like, I was like, you know, maybe it'd feel, I thought it'd feel more weird not having fans. I mean, obviously you'd like them there, but you know, it looks pretty good on TV. Like, you know, and they got, they got the, they got the, uh, the wall with all the, you know, fans zooming in or whatever. Um, I, I think it's been pretty good. What about you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a huge baseball guy, and you're right. I kind of thought that it was going to feel really weird without the fans. But when you're watching the games, you don't even necessarily notice that the fans aren't there. It just kind of goes to show how little you think about the fans um, while you're watching the game. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not really focused on that. I do think that when we get the playoffs for basketball and also for baseball, that's when we might – start to notice it's a little bit weirder you know when it's game seven of the finals and um there's not as much chaos going on but as of right now i don't think that it's been too weird without fans and even if it ends up being kind of weird hey sports are back and if this is the price to pay then i'm all for it right exactly i, I thought with that too like you know maybe right game game seven of the nba finals you know like you see them kind of walk off the floor after the game, you know, like, huh. you know, if, if like whoever wins the finals, like that's kind of, you know, funny, like that, you know, in basketball, it's such a game of, you know, streaks and, you know, lead changes and things like that. Like, you know, when a team goes on a run, you're not going to have that crowd roar, but you know, it, again, yeah, this is what we need for sports right now. And, you know, it's way better than nothing. I can tell you that right now. Right. And I mean, I, I'm not a huge uh, NBA guy, as you know, but we've had some pretty, solid game so far that i'll admit i did tune into and uh i kind of enjoyed it uh, here's a clip let me play play real quick of the last nine seconds of the lakers clippers game got it you see the clock lebron on Kawhi, down to four here's george he's way outside a lunging three no rebound caruso boom lakers have won man it uh it 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 feels good just to hear that and uh, I know you felt pretty good about that as a Lakers fan winning the opening game back oh yeah it was it, it, phenomenal I mean the way they played I know you have people going oh they didn't have Lou Williams or Montrose Harrell but I, I love the way they played I mean first game back you know I love the fact that I mean the, the guys were willing to step up with you know LeBron struggled LeBron hit the game winning shot but you know he did not have a great game it's a yeah, yeah, he did not shoot it well the first three quarters, uh, three and a half, really. And it was nice to see guys – I mean, AD went off, but it was nice to see guys like Kuzma and Caruso and Deion Waiters, a new addition to the team, that, like, looked really good. And it's exciting to see that we can win ways without, you know, AD and LeBron both having to combine for, you know, 60, 70 points. I, I like to see see that kind of stuff. 
Um, and, you know, I, whoever, you know, it looks like it's a collision course between the Lakers and Clippers in the West Conference Finals. It's going to be a phenomenal series. Um, but and, and, and I love that Paul George was the one that missed the last shot since he screwed us over and, and was talking about how he wanted to come to us and then didn't even give us a meeting. So that warmed my heart a little bit. Feel mad about that? <laughs> I'm mad at he – not that he didn't want to come, but the fact that he didn't take a meeting – and don't even get me started on Kawhi right now because that's going to be another 15 minutes of the podcast gone. Well, I, you know, I must admit, um, the the quality of it doesn't bother me too much because it's it's exciting and fun no matter what. But I have to say, I think that there has been some rusty basketball being played in these first few games. Uh, even LeBron said himself, the Lakers' offense isn't quite in sync yet, but you know they're picking up the slack on defense which by the way that uh Lakers Clippers game was the best I've seen LeBron play defense in a regular season game since probably the Miami days um especially with that clutch stop on the last possession but I do think that this is why I'm glad that we're having these eight games to end the regular season before the playoffs because it's been a little bit rusty at times and so uh it's it's good to just hopefully shake off the rust in some of these games that don't mean as much for most teams. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just jumping around in the playoffs would have been I, – I think you would have seen a, maybe a sloppy first round just because, you know, just asking guys to, to you know, effort, you know, a three, four-month layoff and just come right in and play NBA basketball up to where they were playing before the pandemic, um, you know, they, they couldn't do that. Especially I'm, – I'm happy these eight games are here that, you know, yeah, you're going to have, you know, good eight games to, to figure out your lineups, figure out your rotations, figure out, you know, what, what the team's looking like. for. So we can really have a nice, nice playoff. If you just went right in the playoffs, you know, I think it would have been a little sloppy at first. But um, uh, what, what else have you liked around the NBA? What, what, what have you, what have you, uh, who, who are you liking that maybe outside of the top teams? Yeah, well, I think that as we mentioned in the last podcast, it's interesting with this restart because it kind of provides an opportunity for, uh, some teams that were maybe a little more under the radar um, outside of the top three teams in the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks to have a shot. Um, this might just be an overreaction to one game, but one team that I'm kind of looking at right now is the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you know, the Rockets and James Harden get all the attention in Texas, and I understand that they won, that the Rockets recently Beat the Mavericks. Let me let me play this uh this clip of the James Harden miss free throw real quick. Does he miss it on purpose? Got the miss oh! and the tip. They tie the game at one thirty nine. I don't know. I I like to play the the audio clip sometimes. Kind of fun. <laughs> I like it too. Um, but anyway, I understand that the Mavericks ended up losing this game. But you look at the Mavericks; they have a lot of depth. We already know that their offense can hang with pretty much anybody. And um, Luka Doncic, you know, top three or five MVP. We know about Porzingis. Uh, yeah, I just think that the Mavericks are a team that don't really get talked about enough. Yeah, the the, the battle of Texas is going to be interesting. I, I'd love to see that matchup in the first round. Um, you know, because you kind of got the young gun and Doncic and, you know, Porzingis is young. And, and then, you know, I mean, James Harden, you know, the knock on him for years has been – you know, the playoff playoff Harden hasn't really been the same. So, you know, I think beating the Mavericks up a coming team would do a lot for him. And, and you know, seeing how Russell Westbrook and him gel in the playoffs together would be interesting. 
Um, who do you think out of the East? If, there, if there's a number one challenger, the Bucks, who are, who are you looking at? Um, I I still think it's hard to go against the Boston Celtics with this one. I mean, you look at the Celtics; they are, I think, they're the only team in the NBA who had three twenty point per game scores. I I could be wrong about it, but it it's something like that. Um, you look at the just amount of players on the Celtics that can really make an impact. Um. Uh, with uh, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and by the way, Gordon Hayward, that we forget about, can always is always a threat to drop twenty five, mm-hmm. thirty points. Um, so I think that the the I know they just picked up a win against the Trailblazers just a few minutes ago. Um, I think the Celtics are still the top contender to Milwaukee. Yeah, the, the Celtics definitely look like they can match up just just with Milwaukee. You know, because they have scores everywhere. You know. I know the Raptors, I don't think – I don't know. I mean, they, they beat my Lakers last night. The Lakers didn't look great. Um, you know, I mean, they are the defending champs. They don't get talked about a lot because, you know, Kawhi left. But, you know, they're a good team. I think also a little unfairly, like, the Sixers are getting kind of written off here um, in the restart, oddly enough. Uh, uh, in Like, you look at the roster, and they really do have the talent to beat Milwaukee. Or Milwaukee and – I don't know. I mean, I mean Ben Ben Simmons and and Joel and and Josh Richardson and some of these guys like Tobias Harris. You look on paper, and if they can really figure this thing out, like they 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 have the talent to beat the Bucks. Um, and I think I think the Bucks are kind of getting penciled in as a lock, and I'm, I think the East's a little a little closer than than what they're giving them credit for. Yeah, and to your point about the Raptors, they have the number one defense in the NBA this year in terms of points allowed. So you're right. They go a little bit under the radar because they don't have a complete mega superstar this year. But you're right. I think the Raptors are still a threat as a defending champions. Um, we uh, we probably have to step aside here for a second because it does the weird thing where the audio gets mixed up if we don't take little breaks. But we will get back after a short break. So we talked a little bit about the NBA restart. I also wanted to get your thoughts on um, the college football sort of conference-only schedules and potentially some NFL news, but I'll give you the opportunity first to, yeah, if you wanted to go into the NBA a little bit further, we have time to do that as well. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can move on to college football, wrap it up the NBA. I mean, yeah, actually, I think it's been exciting. I think it's been, been fun so far. Um, I'm really excited for the playoffs. I, I think that, you know, the, the – it's very deep this year. I, I think the restart, like, had, you know, this been – had the pandemic hit three years ago and it had been the Warriors with, you know, the number one team and everyone kind of looking up, up at them. I don't think it would have the buzz and excitement that it has now. With You know, you can make a case for a lot of different teams to, to win the title and, and uh, it should be fun. But uh, moving on to college football, yeah. Yeah, I was – sorry, I was just going to add uh, – yeah. I, I also have to give credit to the NBA. Um, zero – positive coronavirus cases since July 20th, which is really quite the accomplishment when you consider just nationally just how many people have, especially just young people, have gotten it and not really had symptoms. So I I do think that's an accomplishment for the NBA. I mean, you you will be where they don't have a bubble-style play, um, and there have been, I think it's like 17 players on the Marlins tested positive, and then uh, nine or so on the Cardinals tested positive. 
And, you know, it, it's not going to be life or death for these guys, but they've had to postpone games and cancel games, and it's starting to put a stress on the season. So uh, credit to the NBA there where maybe not as much goes to the MLB. Yeah, definitely. And, and when we talk to the NFL, we'll kind of get into the whole, you know, bubble versus non-bubble thing with the MLB and M- NBA. And, yeah, you're seeing the difference in, you know, the NBA is really, you know, locking this down and making sure that the season really, you know, it looks like it's going to finish. Everything's looking good right now. Um, yeah, the MLB, I mean, you know, you, we knew this was going to happen. We knew that there were going to be positive tests. But, yeah, it, I mean, it really comes down. I know people, the Marlins, like guys were seen out in nightclubs. Like, I mean, come on, what are you doing, man? Like, you're putting everyone else in jeopardy. And you're putting the season in jeopardy. And it's, it's kind of rude to, to, to not only other teams, your teammates, and the fans who are, you know, take, you know, wanting to see this kind of stuff and wanting to see the games and watch the season and, and, you know, you're kind of putting everyone at risk by, you know, going out and, and not wearing a mask in the middle of a, 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 a worldwide pandemic. But, uh, yeah. Of course, yeah, of course it's the Marlins, too. I mean, that, that yeah, exactly. The Bay Buccaneers getting the NFL screwed over. Like, <laughs> it, is, it always comes from Florida, huh? Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, but, moving, yeah, moving on to college football. Um, yeah, I mean, you know – Two weeks ago, uh, college football didn't look like it was going to happen. Um, you know, it's still very up in the air. Uh, but I do, th- I do. The conference only schedules does make it more plausible. I mean, if you're, if you're take USC, we're Pac-12 fans. If you're, you know, USC in Washington, um, you know, you only have to play. You know, if you're USC, you play UCLA, you play Arizona, Arizona State. And you're kind of going up and down the West Coast, Oregon, Washington. Uh, we're not playing Washington this year, but um, you know you're staying in that kind of area where you know traveling like before, you know, traveling to Notre Dame or and then to to Arlington to play to play uh, uh, Alabama. Like you know, this is where you know people going all across the country didn't seem like it was going to work. So I do think that it's plausible for people to stay kind of you know conference only schedule. You're staying in the same region of the U.S. You know, I think more problems come logistically with it. guys can get you know tested and and you know the games can happen. But I think with college, it's like you know that we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, where you me, uh, me and you a little bit off off the air. Like you know, guys, 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 should guys get paid now? I mean, they're not really student athletes because USC is in you know for fall and winter they're not in. But the football guys are playing, so you know you have that question of. You know, should they get paid, and what's a student athlete now? Where the NFL doesn't have it. The NFL is a job, and they're professionals, so they don't have this whole going to school thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope the season goes. I really, you know, it, it would be a major bummer not to see college football. Um, and and a, I think a conference only schedule actually would be interesting. I, I, it eliminates some great matchups that you know outside of the the, the thing. But and it sucks that we're not going to play Notre Dame and Alabama, but. It will be interesting to see, like, you know, if, if the season's completed and the college football playoff happens, like, you know, what, what if, you know, what if they take, take, I, I don't know, it put, puts more emphasis on a, on a, on a uh, championship game, you know, than where you don't have these out state wins. It really, you know, the strength of the, the conference. So, you know, I'm excited for it. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on it? Well, my first thought is that you got saved a 50 point beatdown against Alabama. <laughs> Um, Keaton Slovis, they have a true freshman quarterback. Come on now. I wanted that game so bad. All right. 
Uh, let's not forget what happened last time you guys played Alabama. What was hey, it? we didn't have a quarterback then, and we started Max Brown over Sam Donald. Thanks, Clay <laughs> Helton. This time we actually had a quarterback. All right. Well, we'll never get. We won't get to see it this year, but. I do like that they rolled out the conference-only schedule. I mean, whether or not you necessarily agree with going conference-only, I think it's, you know, progress that we at least have a schedule now, and that's good news. I think it'll be interesting. Ten games, I mean, pointing, like, as a Washington standpoint, we won't get to play Michigan, but, you know, the other non-conference game was, like, Sacramento State or something like that. So, it's not too – I mean, the conference games are what we – really look forward to anyway um we still get to play Oregon WSU USC uh actually the one team we don't have to play is in the conference the only team we're not playing is Arizona State which is I'm somewhat happy about because they look like they might be pretty good this year um but yeah so I think it's good that we have a schedule out now uh like you I mean like you said there's a coalition of Pac-12 players who had a list of demands for both social justice and, uh, you know, like they wanted to get paid, essentially. The proposal was 50% of the league revenue going to their salaries. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I need to read more into it. Like, I literally saw it like earlier today and was doing something, so I didn't get to really read too much about it. Uh, you know, the social justice demands are, are important. You know, that's that's that, that that's cool. I just like that. Um, the, you know, the 50% of the league, revenue, this is where, the, you know, it comes in. Is it's like, because, I mean, they do have they do have an argument to get paid because now it's like, you know, kids aren't even in school. They're they're coming out of their, you know, they're they're, they're going, you know, they're taking a risk playing football. Um, and they're looking at the NFL guys and going, you know, they're obviously making money and the NFL's, you know, a bigger entity, but um uh, you know, they're like they're like, why shouldn't we? But you know, I, I wonder what they'll they'll settle on because you know, if there is a season, like the Pac-12 is obviously going to want to, I mean, uh, uh, play and make money. I don't. I wonder if fifty percent of league revenue. I I don't. I wonder how that's going to work. Um, I just I, I wonder how much like, you know, it, your stars of the Pac-12 like. They're gonna like they're gonna be making money, but like, what's gonna happen to the, you know the fourth string tight end on the practice squad? Like, should they really be making money? Like, I you know that's that's where, where, where you know it comes in. But you know, it, it's crazy. What, what do you think about that? What do you think's gonna happen? Do you think like you think that proposal's gonna work? Or what do you think? Well, there were actually recently uh, several WSU students, uh, student athletes that got released from the team in regards to that coalition. So just WSU at its finest, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it's uh, I, I lost I lost my train of thought there, but yeah, I think it opens up somewhat of a can of worms to pay these players salaries per se. I mean, the reality is that look, it is very hard to get into schools like UCLA, USC. I couldn't do it; I got rejected by UCLA. Uh, so it's certainly a privilege to be able to go to these schools and uh. Also, they're they're going for free, right, on scholarships. Right. So yeah. we can't we can't ignore that the fact that um, UCLA costs about seventy thousand dollars a year, world class institution, and they're going there essentially for free um, with other benefits. Now, that's not to say um, that college athletes shouldn't be able to make money off endorsements, which they will be in a few years here. You know, I think that if you're Trevor Lawrence and you want to sign with 
uh, Nike, I, I don't understand why playing in college football should be able to block you yeah. from that. You know, then also we're talking about getting an NCAA football game back. So we're all for that. But I think that paying them salaries is not necessarily a good idea, especially when, like you said, how decide who gets paid, uh, how much. And then if football players are paid, are we going to pay baseball players? Are we going to pay uh, volleyball players? It opens up a whole sort of can of worms, and I don't think it's what um, college sports is yeah. meant to be. Oh, it's an opportunity for these guys to get to the league and make a ton of money, but I just don't know if that's what. The, yeah, the first the first thing I I thought of was was you know if the Pac twelve you know the Pac twelve guys start getting paid, then you know every other conference is gonna be like all right, well you know we want to get paid too. So like like yeah. you know uh, they're like why should the Pac twelve guys be getting paid when you know, we're not. Um, uh, so, you know, like, I, I think that's going to be interesting. Like, you know, what happens with that? Like, you know, with this passes say like, you know, they settle on a number for the revenue to go to the players. Then like, you know, what's every other conference going to have the same thing. And also, I, I know we got to, we got to get off here to do another segment, but um, uh, what do you think about, you know, their, their staggered start times, like the PAC 12, September 26 and the, the big 12 is like August 26. So like, like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean the well, the, yeah, the Big Twelve is somewhat of an anomaly throughout this whole thing, in that they haven't necessarily followed suit with other conferences. But I think the idea of having it as September twenty six is more just that that's when conference play was going to start um, initially. So you know, it doesn't make too much sense to move up the start of conference play. Like technically, the games are staying relatively in their same uh, dates that they would have been, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You, you wonder if they'll move on, like they'll settle on a date for the start and everything and they'll just move them up. But, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely odd. There's a lot college football. There's a lot of moving parts. Like, like the NFL, I'm, you know, it, it looks good. I have full confidence in them, you know, going and, and definitely, you know, uh, finishing the season or hopefully finishing the season, but definitely like NFL starting college football though. It's just, you know, you, you have, you know, coronavirus concerns, and then, you know, added on all, you know, the payment issues. So, so, so where the NFL doesn't have to deal with all that. So, um, yeah. and then, uh, yeah. yeah, you have a ton of logistical sort of weird things where essentially uh, in conference only play, Utah can, I know they're not going to Seattle this year, but Utah can theoret- theoretically travel to Seattle, but can't go from Salt Lake City to Provo to play BYU. So there's a there's a lot of sort of weird logistical things like that. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll hop off here for a second unless you had anything to add on this. No, segment. yeah, we'll, we'll next segment. Hop back on for one more segment, uh, potentially about NFL, and just wrap it up. Cool. So we're back. Um, you know, I it looks like the. Now we're proceeding as scheduled with training camps and stuff like that. Um, what do you think about some of these NFL players sort of opting out of the season? And there's some decently high-profile names, including uh, C.J. Mosley, Dante Hightower, and Marcus Cannon with the Patriots. Um, and, you know, most of them have good reasons to do so. Uh, Nate Salder for the Giants, he, uh, he had survived cancer, and his son, I think, has cancer also, which obviously puts you at higher risk so um not to blame these not 
at all to blame these players, but what do you sort of think about uh, all these opt-outs, and do you think it poses a concern? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the NFL is the, the, the teams are so big, and there's so many different stars. You know, it's it's not like, you know, uh, uh, you know, the NBA if LeBron and Giannis decide to opt out, then you know, there's not much excitement. <laughs> you know, because it's just everything's kind of illegitimized. But, um, you know, yeah, like uh, Damian Williams and, Tar- and Tardif, uh, they call him Larry Tardif because first name's too hard to say. Um, on the Chiefs, like Damian Williams, you know, prayers for his mom. She's got diagnosed with cancer, so obviously, like he needs to stay home and can't be, um, you know, you know, taking any risk with the virus. And, and Tardif is a doctor. Yeah, you know, all the all these players, you know, respect their decisions. Um, you know, uh, it's, it looks like most, you know, ninety five percent of guys are 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 playing. Um, there hasn't been anyone that's like, you know. Uh, you know, you, you haven't had a Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson say, "Hey, we're or Russell Wilson and say we're not playing." Um, uh, and it looks like everyone's a go. You know, they're not adapting the bubble format. Um, but uh, you know, you know, so the MLB is interesting on that. But you know, so I heard John Gruden talking the other day. He's like, you know, this normal seasons you're evaluating, you know, someone's play and how, you know, how they train their work ethic. He's like, but now, you know, it takes a whole nother level of like, you know, not, you know being able to, to, to say no to things, you know, like not, you know, being smart when you're outside the facility because anything that you do outside the facility could go affect other players, coaches, and their families. So, you know, it's not just you uh, where, you know, it's like if you're living by yourself, you know, and, you know, I, I guess you don't really care, like, you know, in your people your age. Um, but, uh, you, you know, you know, it, I'm super excited for the NFL. Uh, I cannot wait for it. Uh, and it, it looks cool. They're talking about maybe some stadiums being able to have, like, 12,000 people, you know, these huge stadiums. So, you know, there'll be a little crowd noise, nothing like we're used to. But, uh, you know, if, if football's there, I, I, this country needs it. And uh, I, hope it, I hope it goes. Yeah. I, uh, you know, without getting, without getting into too much of breaking down the teams and doing, like, a full – preview which obviously we do later closer to the season what do you sort of do you think there's anyone who kind of comes out of it in a weird way comes out of this like um you know ready to go for next season that could kind of be a surprise team next year um uh well well, surprise team it's i was thinking about like you know you look at those teams like that that have stability you know because you look at you know you haven't really had you know you're not gonna have preseason games and you know, guys haven't been able to be, you know, training as much all off season. So, you know, not not to, to, to toot my own horn, but the uh, uh, the Chiefs, you know, are returning twenty of twenty two starters. So, you know, if you're looking at that, it's Super Bowl champs like returning those kind of things. It's like good. You know, the Bucks are are going to be good, but you know, they, you know, Tom Brady hasn't really had, you know, might have had the preseason games to work with these with with these receivers. I'm going out of the preseason games. So, um, I I like the I think the Bills are going to be a nice team this year. Um. They they got that number one guy in in Stephon Diggs that they were sorely missed last year. They got a good defense. Josh Allen's on the rise. Good running game. Good online. They kind of have everything except the number one receiver, and they got him. Another team I really I really like uh, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They they you know almost made the playoffs this year with having basically four string quarterback playing most of the year. Um, the defense is phenomenal. We're seeing a lot of guys. And, you know, you got Juju, James Conner, great online. Now Big Ben's back. So if Big Ben is, uh, you know, even half of what he used to be, I mean, he's it's going to be better than what they had at quarterback last year, and they almost made the playoffs. So I think that team could could, could be pretty good um, and a tough, tough in the AFC. What about you? 
Yeah, well, I mean, what, what are you thinking about the Buccaneers right now? I mean, Tom Brady has never thrown a pass to Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. Uh, Rob Gronkowski hasn't played football in two years. And to be completely honest, he hasn't been elite in probably like three years. Yeah. LaShawn uh, McCoy is a 32-year-old, I think, 31 yeah. running back. He's never played with these guys. Um, and then you throw in the virus and the fact that they're just now being able to start practicing. Um, how would you feel about this Buccaneers offense? Yeah, um, it was crazy to see yeah, the other day on the NFL Network, and uh, there were it was Brady throwing them balls, and like you know, it's just good to see you know guys in camp. But um, yeah, I mean, this offense is moving. I mean, even down to the O line, uh, uh, Donovan Smith, their left tackle, is not is out. So you know, having uh, their own line was kind of porous last year anyway, but they got to get that filled out. So, you know, this offense is a ton of moving parts. You have veterans like Gronk and Brady who are going to make this transition easier. Um, uh, I personally feel like, uh, but, I, you know, they, they got a running back by committee. You know, usually that's where, like, a training camp kind of re- weeds out. You have Ronald Jones. You have LaShawn McCoy. They got that, uh, that other guy playing on his name right now. But, um, like, they got, like, three dudes, and that's usually where a training camp really kind of – See, see what's going to happen there. But, you know, it, it, they're a very talented team. Uh, the defense is mostly coming back. They're very young, though. Uh, this team could, you know, I think could struggle early. Um, like, a team like the Saints, you know, it's kind of not too much overturn is going to probably take the lead in this division, the Falcons, early. But, you know, the don't count the Bucks out because coming down the stretch, I mean, when they get things figured out, they can be pretty devastating. What, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's going to be – a lot of, I mean, imagine what we've seen in the NBA so far, where it's a little bit rusty through a few games. Um, imagine the NFL and how much worse that could be when you have playbooks and uh, all these complex audibles and hot routes. Um, I think it could just add more chaos. A team that I think of that it might hurt is the Arizona Cardinals, who are just now practicing. Yeah. Kyler Murray, you have uh, Hopkins, your new wide receiver. He's never caught a pass from Kyler Murray. That's just a team that comes to mind. And, you know, we're probably reading into that a little bit too much. These guys are professional athletes, right? They're, they're smart players. They're some of the best in the game. But, you know, it does kind of come to mind when you're considering the effects that the lack of practice could have on teams. Yeah, and, and, and really, like, yeah, I think, like, especially what you kind of point out there, like, the playbooks are going to be a big thing. Because, you know, these guys are professionals, like, you know, D, you know, D Hop, Kyle, they're gonna get that figured out. But it does come down to you know these guys in new systems. Do you know the playbook? Uh, take a look at Chicago. Uh, I heard Matt Nagy talking yesterday about how you know Nick Foles is way more talented than Mr. Bisky, but again, he doesn't know the playbook yet, and they haven't really had a whole training camp to really um, implement that. So Trubisky's got a leg up on him because you know he's in the same system, he knows the playbook better. So it's gonna be interesting to see like that all these guys have switched teams, like, you know, how, how fast can they pick this stuff up? Um, you know, where they don't go back to what last year. And you asked me about the surprise team. What about you? What do you think surprise team? Is there a team out there that you're looking at? You really like what they did kind of going on the radar. You think it make a run? Well, before all this, I was, I was going to say Arizona Cardinals. In fact, I thought that they were a sleeper to potentially contend for winning the NFC West. And I'm not necessarily going to change that. Uh, prediction. I think that the Cardinals are honestly a force to be reckoned with this year. Um, as as cringy as that sounds, as I realize that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, but I think that the Cardinals could be up there. I also think that um, the Detroit Lions, you know, people yes. talk about the Lions. And Stafford, I get he's on the COVID list right now, but, you know, he'll be good to go in probably about two weeks. I think that the Lions are a sleeper. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I, I actually I, – I'm glad you brought that up. I completely agree with you. You, know, you look at this team last year. They were 3-3-1, three, three and one, and uh, they lost close game to the Chiefs. They got robbed in the Monday night game against the Green Bay Packers. If you remember the Trey Flowers uh, hands-to-the-face penalty like two times the same drive in the game. Um, and then Stafford got hurt and was out for the rest of the year. And you look at that team, and they're coming a lot back. You know, they got Jeff Okuda. Uh, you know, a Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, another year. Like, I, in uh, uh, they got they got uh, DeAndre Swift uh, from Georgia. That that team could be pretty nice. Like, and no one's really talking about them in that division. And you know, the Packers got a lot of turmoil, and the Vikings are kind of you know they, they lost to Fon Diggs. So, in in the Bears, with the Bears, <laughs> like they're kind of up in the air. Um, so I, I I completely agree with you on that. The Lions could be a pretty nice sleeper team. They can make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I look at it, um, Devin McCourty. There's this article about he's not happy with the NFL for trying to move up apparently the opt-out deadline for the season after eight Patriots players have already opted out. Uh, McCourty thinks the NFL is just trying to do it to minimize the people opting out. Uh, what do you what do you think about those words from Mr. McCourty? Yeah, well, is it McCourty opting out? No, maybe. Oh. Just- Oh, okay. I, oh, oh, it was uh, Devon Harmon and, and Dante Hightower. My bad. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the Patriots are in trouble is what I think. <laughs> uh, you know, they lose Tom Brady and they got Cam Newton coming in in a you know, whole new offense, and now they're losing Dante Hightower is the, the leader of that defense. So, yeah, I, I think they're in trouble. And, um, you know, I, I yeah, I mean that's interesting, but but I, I you know people are picking the Patriots and they got Cam two weeks ago. Like, I don't know. I mean, the, the, like talking about new systems and stuff, they got to learn that. And and I don't I don't trust you know the the COVID. I don't I don't really trust the whole defense kind of coming apart. So, best uh, offensive lineman is opting out. Adding on to that, Marcus Cannon, uh, Brandon Gordon did as well. So, who do you think before we before we go here? Who do you uh? Uh, who do you think benefits the most from the added playoff seed this year? Um, well, yeah, we're definitely going to have to be thinking about uh, – I, I almost just said Cardinals, but I don't want to say Cardinals. <laughs> um, so I'll think of somebody else. But I think it's going to end up coming out of the NFC because of how like competitive the NFC has been in recent years and how many high-profile teams have been left out of the playoffs. I'm inclined to say Philadelphia Eagles, honestly, because I think this is a team that has lost some steam. Uh, you know, they pick up Darius Slay, so they're definitely still competitive, but I don't think they're at the level where they're going to steamroll their way to a division victory or even to a wild card spot, because I think that uh, teams like the Vikings will be in a, a wild card. Uh, in the NFC South, you have the Buccaneers, potentially the Falcons, who were hot last year. So it's correct. And obviously, NFC West, Rams, 49ers. So it's crowded in the NFC, and with the NFC East the way it is, sometimes it's hard for them to get another uh, to get a wild card team. So I think that if the Cowboys win that division, the Eagles are aided by the extra seed. Yeah, and then um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you there. And then you know the Giants and, and the Washington football team now. Um, <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I to change it, you know, it, it's, yeah, I mean, they probably should have changed it years ago. I mean, you know, the, the, it is a red skin, you know, it's a pretty offensive term to a Native American. But, you know, I don't, calling it the Washington football team is like, like what? Like, like you really had weeks to prepare this, and that's what you came up with is the Washington football team. Like, they should have a name. <laughs> like, even if it's temporary to be changed, like, you know, I, I don't know. What, what about you? Yeah, I, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, you know, Redskins was I, I, I don't really, I can't really speak to it because I'm obviously white, but I, right. I can understand why Redskins is offensive to people. Uh, so changing it was probably the right decision, but I, yeah, at least make like red tails or warriors or right. well what about the dcs what about the washington dcs like that would be kind of a cool name but exactly. that would be kind of sick yeah uh it, it's it's weird i i the, the new logo too is kind of odd <laughs> um i don't know what's up with the graphic art the arts team and the with, with the uh i was about to say the redskins can't say that anymore um but yeah. uh yeah so so we'll we'll uh you know we're gonna wrap this thing up do you have any other comments yeah, the uh, the joke was that they should have renamed it to DC Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just that would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> Gardner Minshew just got placed on the COVID list. Oh, he did. And the Mariners just lost three two in nine innings. So, <laughs> so uh, it's time for Ethan to go cry, and then we'll be on two K later. Um, sounds good. Sounds good. I hope you're doing well, and uh, we'll get back later. You too, buddy.